you embroider. I have many skills. What the hell are you doing? Somebody has to save our kids. Thank God we're hot chicks with superpowers. Hey, Feminerds, Becca here. I'm here to share with you the panel that the Feminerd Files did at Denver Pop Culture Con this year. Lee, Esty, and myself talk about who the Feminerds are, what we do, and why we do what we do. Now, I forgot to start recording until about a minute into the panel, so it jumps right into an introduction of Monica, our founder, but I wanted to extend to you all an invitation to think about whether or not you're interested in contributing to the Feminerd Files. Within the panel, we talk a lot about wanting to diversify what we do at the Feminerd Files and wanting to get new content and new voices. So I extend that invitation to anybody who is listening to this podcast. If you have an idea for our YouTube channel, if you want to write in our blog, or maybe you have your own podcast idea, please reach out to us. Go to thefeminerdfiles.net, click on our info page, and fill out the contact us form. We would love to hear from you. And now, please enjoy The Feminerd Files at DPCC 2019. Monica, who is the founder of The Feminerd Files, is unfortunately not able to be here today. So I wanted to uh, introduce her really quickly. Um, by the way, we are recording this, so you will probably be on our podcast. So welcome. Thank you so much. Um, so Monica, who is in the big picture there, um, she created the idea of the Feminerd Files um, as a way to have a YouTube channel, actually, to play and review board games, um, to discuss comics and other pop culture topics. Uh, the group developed organically because our circle of friends mostly came from the LGBTQ choral community. And since we already had game nights here and there, um, why not have a tabletop type show, um, but a mostly queer female feminist perspective. Uh, the video channel actually later turned into a podcast idea because Lee and I uh, wanted to do a podcast, but Monica was um, in sound and so she had the equipment and the knowledge to help us get that started. So this launched other episode ideas based on different subjects um, from others in our community. And it's growing into something really exciting and thus chronicles the birth of the Feminerd Files. Uh, so my name is Becca and uh, I use she, her pronouns. And I moved to Denver in 2013 and quickly joined the choral community and found um, other LGBT people and other feminerds that I could uh, get to know. I grew up with Shakespeare, Star Trek, the Muppets, Monty Python, all that stuff that makes us want to be here to celebrate those things. Uh, I love science fiction, music, video games, um, and I currently work for a public library. And I'm also always making sure that my feminism is uh, continually becoming more intersectional. Uh, so I also have Essie here and Lee, so I would like them to introduce themselves as well. I'm Essie, a relatively new member to the Feminerds and not in the choir. Don't anybody ask me to sing, that's a very bad idea. But um, a longtime friend of Lee's who kind of brought me into this circle and as someone who has a little bit different interest, I'll talk about our podcast in a little bit. Um, I really find the Feminine Files a place to enrich 
my interest because a lot of times it's been kind of a solitary path in my fandoms in that way. So I look forward to talking about that with you in a little bit. And I'm Lee Gonzalez. Um, I'm an elementary art teacher here in Colorado. Um, Longtime feminerd um, since I've grown up, basically. Uh, was always really into comics, uh, wasn't always uh, the most inclusive place, um, but uh, it was, it's been nice seeing changes of that in this field. Um, so I've always been interested, well, I haven't always, but uh, since podcasting has been a thing, it seemed like something I'd be interested in doing. Um, really enjoyed Marin uh, and Mark Marin's uh, podcast, and that was kind of the first time I thought, hmm, that'd be kind of a cool idea, we should do that. Uh, so that's how that began for me. Excellent. So um, as far as who we are and what our mission statement is, is we're really interested in making sure that people have a place to talk about the things that they love and critically discuss those things. Um, and we welcome uh, collaboration and we encourage community engagement. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're not just back here complaining about Thanos, but we're actually talking about how these things um, matter, where representation is important, and making sure that we are talking to people who, whose experiences and perspectives may be a little bit different than ours, so that we are continually working on making sure that we're discussing things critically. Um, so, we also wanted to emphasize that you do not have to be female, you do not have to be queer, uh, you do not, do not have to be um, anything really to be a feminist. If you are a feminist in practice and practice intersectional and inclusive feminism and are a nerd, then you are welcome to be a feminist. So, if you're interested, um, we'll talk a little bit later at the end. We are interested in hearing um, more things from people, and so if you're interested in collaborating, we'll share that information with you if you want to be a feminerd with us. Um, so, oops, sorry, I'm going to go back. Um, I wanted Lee to share a little bit about her experience and why she wanted to be a part of this project. Thank you. Um, so as I said before, I'm a lifetime nerd. Um, however, uh, being a woman and being uh, in kind of the geek culture has been difficult throughout the years. Um, as a little kid, I was really into comics, I was really into superheroes and anything that was cool at the time. Uh, however, what I had noticed is that there was only like maybe one or two female characters um, and they were never like main characters that stood out. They were always supporting characters or their purpose was when uh, you know they got captured by the villain and needed to be rescued. So I never really identified with any of those characters. Um, so it was something that I I was really craving um, and so I found that I would uh, definitely identify more with a male character um, but uh, seeing as I was kind of a tomboy and I had mostly male friends whenever we would play or role play um, any of these as kids I was never allowed to be that male character um, I, there was always put on me to be the female character or that I would be the character that nobody else wanted to play um, so that was really annoying and then as I got older and got into comics um, like just going into the local comic book shop was hard because you were a girl. I was usually the only girl there. Uh, I would get hassled by uh, other boy 
uh, nerds or uh, I wouldn't get any service from any of the male uh, staff there so that was more difficult and then even when looking at comics there were comics that I wanted to really like like Wonder Woman but you know they were so sexualized and I just couldn't identify with that because I looked at the male character whose armor was completely covered and you know had a purpose for um, for battle and then the female character was basically in a bikini and I'm like how is that you know bulletproof that doesn't make any sense to me um, so I've really been wanting to see more representation and um, that's why we started this yeah and so Esty is going to talk a little bit about some of those statistics and kind of why we feel it's important to talk about these things you know we're not the only people who are but you know the more um voices out there talking about these issues, I think the more people have it in their brains and are thinking about it more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we all like to sit around and talk about the things that we're really into, but you know, what is it, the need for something like a Feminerd Files to exist as kind of a formalized space for these conversations to take place? And there is a real need for these types of spaces and these types of conversations. And the Gina Davis uh, excuse me, Institute on Gender and Media, they've done a benchmark report looking at in spe specifically the lead roles in family movies over the past 10 years to try to examine at least, at least to provide a, a benchmark for progress on how representation is changing in films. And again, these are family films, so they're not necessarily films like horror films or action films or even superhero films. But they were looking at different categories, like the percentage of protagonists in each film that were either female or female identified, people of color, LGBT spectrum, or people with disabilities. When it comes to female leads, even though females make up more than 50% of the population, they're least represented in a lot of those prominent films like action films, adventure films, and comedy films. However, we do get a little bit of a bump in horror, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And of course, romance, which is not what we want to <laughs> Lead of color, almost 40% of the population, but white leads outnumber people of color, almost four to one. And then when you look at gender breakdown amongst that, again, it's also disproportionate, 74% male to 26% female. Comes to LGBTQIA representation. 3.4% of Americans identify somewhere on that spectrum, but they barely exist at all in any type of family films. In the last 10 years, only less than 1% have been represented in that, and it's not really showing a lot of growth in that way either. Same thing too with disabilities, it has improved a little bit. Almost 20% of people have some sort of physical or cognitive disability, but their stories are rarely told. I'm sure you've read a lot of conversations about the ways that people have had problems with different films and the way that they've represented people with these types of issues. Um, so fewer than 1% of leading characters are shown with somebody with a disability. And sometimes if it is, it's usually, I mean, think about things like autism or other types of things that then are not represented very well and come in for a lot of criticism, although it has improved a little bit. So it's not just that we love that stuff and we're into that stuff, but there is a need to show how things could be better, better represented for a more inclusive experience. And we also talk about how um, sometimes, although there are there is progress being made in um, these groups being represented, oftentimes those stories are being told by cishet white people. And so it's, it's also important to talk about who's making the films and who's making the TV shows and who's writing the comics 
so that we see that there are there are artists and there are writers and there are directors from these groups that are wanting to tell their own stories and they need more support. Um, so Lee and I um, have a podcast called File 741. We talk about comics. And one thing that was really important for us was to make sure we were talking about um, smaller runs of comics, indie comics, uh, comics by queer people and people of color, um, because you know everybody's talking about the big three, and you know everybody knows what's going on with those. And while there are some instances of good representation that are happening in those, there's so much other great stuff out there that people don't often hear about. So we think it's really important to talk about those things um, and to make sure that, you know, with what listenership and readership we have, we're sharing the things that are gonna boost those actual community members in changing these statistics. Um, um, yeah. Let me jump in there. In my professional life, I'm a criminologist. I study violent crime, especially terrorism. But one of the other things I study is the representation of violence in media and how that impacts people's fear of crime and their risk of crime. My particular projects are examining femicide in television and movies and the ways that, again, it's skewed to your actual risk, the increasing violence and graphicness of, of that violence. Um, it's really important because it affects how people behave and how they treat other people. It affects what kinds of policies that they vote for and people that they vote for. So that's the strength of Feminine Files is just not a place for us to geek out, but it's a critical space to make forward motion in this progress. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about creating content uh, because you know, sometimes it feels very daunting to try and find a space to be able to talk about these things. We all know what the internet is like, and it can be terrible sometimes, and it can be really hard to have a critical discussion um, on social media. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about how we have created our content and let you all know how easy it is. Um, so Monica, of course, our founder, is in sound, and so she had the equipment and stuff to get us started. So we used to record at her house. One of our first episodes of File 741 was an interview with a comics creator and a comics artist. So we were able to Skype them in and like record and she managed all the audio files and all of that and it was very complicated. Um, but we didn't always wanna have to use her as our resource. You know, our schedules may not match up or she may have other things going on. And so Lee and I started using the public library as a way to record content. So both Arapaho, um, the Arapaho libraries and the Denver public libraries have studio space that is free to use. And so you can go and um, reserve that space. They have Audacity, they have GarageBand, you can, they have all the microphones and all the setup that you can use to create if you wanted to do a podcast. I know some of the Arapaho libraries also have green screens. So if you wanted to do a video channel, they also have that available and it's all free. So we did that for quite a while, um, and Monica would then edit the, the um, files for us and post them onto our website. Um, but since then, we've invested a little bit of our own money in some of our own equipment. You know, I had my own laptop, this little portable microphone, which I found has a really great quality. It's called a Samson Go mic. 
um, was about $40. And then we will still use the library um, space to record. So we'll just book a study room for a couple hours, record an episode, and then I usually go back and edit the, the files. Um, I use Audacity because it's free. And then if I don't know how to do something on Audacity, I just Google it because that's what Google is for. And so, you know, we pay for the website, um, but we're able to post on Podbean and iTunes, and then we upload those things to the website. And so we all donate all of our time. And even though we're not making anything out of it, you know, we haven't necessarily, it it hasn't been necessary for us to spend a lot of money to make this project happen. And I just wanted to make sure that we shared that information with all of you, because again, it may seem daunting to try and figure out how to share your opinions and your thoughts, but it's actually pretty accessible and available for everybody. Yeah, and also if you don't want to do Audacity or PC, you can do GarageBand on Apple. And I use Audacity on my Mac (laughs) because my Mac is old and it doesn't support GarageBand. But yes, that's true. There's lots of different ways to record. And if you have some extra money, you know, it's definitely worth um, looking into some of that equipment. But again, the library has everything that you need for free, so it's really easy to get started. So we wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about each of the channels that we currently have through the Feminerd Files and see if anything pops out to you to see if you'd be interested in joining us. So why don't you talk about the BoobTube battle? BoobTube battle is pretty much what it sounds like. A space that's multi-generational. It's not just young people. And it's, again, remember, not just female, not just any of those things. But it's a perspective space where we look at different types of TV shows. This one is a recording of the Umbrella Academy, which is <laughs> yeah. in Um, But again, to to discuss those themes that we notice that are important to us and that we think either deserve praise or perhaps criticism or things that we like. Um, For example, in that episode, I hadn't read the graphic novel and they had, and so I was having a bit of a fit at how bad the show was. But, you know, (laughs) Boob 2 Battle is that place that we can come. We've also done ones on the OA. We've done ones on Handmaid's Tale. We've done ones on lots of different types of shows. That's that's Boob 2 Battle. Yeah. Uh, Lee, why don't you tell us about the roundtables? Oh, roundtables. Roundtables are fun. Um, So roundtables can be on pretty much any topic, really, but lately we've just been doing films. So uh, we'll just pick a film that's is popular at the time that has a lot of female uh, lead characters and we discuss it and that is uh, definitely more various people Um, we try to vary uh, different types of people and very different uh, opinions of things as well so we've done ones on disobedience we've done ones on annihilation we did a captain marvel one Um, so yeah we've done a few different different ones of different genres And then uh, File 741, again, that is the one that Lee and I do. So we talk about comics. Um, Again, we try to focus on the smaller comics, the queer comics. 
Um, we also like to do interviews with artists and creators. So like I said, our first episode, one of our first episodes was with the uh, writers and our artists of the comic Afar, which was really fun. Um, our most recent uh, interview was with Anna Selheim, who does, her comics are a lot, um, they deal a lot with mental health issues. So May was mental health month, so we talked to her about that. Um, and we've really enjoyed talking to people about their process um everybody has a different process of creating comics especially the indie comics you know we have a we haven't talked to anybody in the big three of course and i'm sure it's a very different sort of situation but it's really been great to get to know people within the community as well so we've already built a network of people um that we see here at the cons and we say oh yeah there's the burning metronome and we interviewed R. Allen brooks or there's dylan edwards um from valley of the silk sky and um transposes so it's been really nice to build that community yeah um along that as well um we kind of come at it also from a creative standpoint which is why we like hearing about people's different creative uh processes because becca is a, a writer and i am an artist um so we kind of can look at the comics and break it down in that way and our opinions of that so it's really neat hearing uh how many different ways people write or draw and come up with different ideas and it's really interesting too to talk to people about why they choose comics to talk about certain issues. So again, Anna Selheim uses comics as a way to really honestly talk about, what's that big bang? Um, to honestly talk about mental health issues like depression and anxiety and bullying and uh, eating disorders. And there are ways that you can tell a story and, and share information in a comic that you really can't in any other way. Um, I'm kind of new to loving comics, but it's been really, really fun to get more into it. And like Lee said, as um, she's the artist and I'm a writer, and so we were really interested in collaborating at some point. Although Lee is just submitting a three-page comic that she wrote and drew for an anthology, and I don't think she needs me, so... That's not true. That's not true. We're collaborating <laughs> on one really that's good. Mine, actually. It's really good. So watch out for her. There'll be lots of things <laughs> happening there. Oh, yeah, that's us doing our thing. We're, <laughs> we're goofballs, and we have a lot of fun. Uh, and then Esty doesn't like to feel nice, so she's going to talk about her podcast, <laughs> Unlike Any Known Colors. Yeah, we, the, the first episode of Unlike Any Known Colors, which comes from a story, The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft, I talk about, well, I, I, like this, I just don't like to feel better. I like the weird stuff, I like the dark stuff, I like feeling those senses of dread and unease, and I always have. And as an only child, and as a girl, and as an 80s and 90s kid, it can be a very solitary road to like those things, and to not find people that really enjoy them. Not still too many people really enjoy them. Um, but the friendships that you have in your fandom, I think, help enrich your own particular fandom. Because when you sit with it just with yourself, how you think about these things, you feel about them, it's it's one kind of perspective, it's like, a, it's like a rough stone. But when you get with these conversations, your fandom becomes less casual and more critical in that way. You see what other people think about it, their perspectives help hone and sharpen your own, and it makes things that you love even more beautiful or 
for me, even more horrible and terrible. Um, so for me, female representation in things like horror is really key and important. I think it ties into my own interests in research and violence and in cosplay there. Um, yes, that's from the movie Terrifier, and I dressed up as Art the Clown to go to a clown screening of it. And I said, everybody dress up as a clown. And I did, and I was the only one there. <laughs> Just as an example <laughs> of being, again, a weirdo. Um, no, but Thunder and Files really, really brings that up. So I think, at least for me, what I like to explore in Unlike Any Known Colors is how horror provides a lens for us to explore and analyze and embrace these things, these themes, these dark themes and dread, the kind of the, the dark side, the bad stuff, and in gruesome and frightening ways. That's my podcast. So, John, yes, please, because I've been doing the podcast with her recently. I did two episodes, and I don't like horror movies, and so luckily, the ones we've chosen so far have been okay. Uh, we did us. Yes, and that was an excellent film. So please go see it. And the first episode was both Velvet Buzzsaw, which was meh, and uh, Russian Doll, which was great. But she needs somebody to see horror films with her yeah. so she can talk about them. That's not me, so yeah, that I don't I'm have nightmares. Thankful that you've gone with her because if it was on me, then no. Yeah, I like to sleep at night. Yes, <laughs> and then we also have a channel um, that currently only has one episode, but it's Monica's particular project um, called Watering Grassroots. Um, so she is really interested in thinking about how uh, media and um, pop culture can can go hand in hand with social justice and with community building. And so she is interested in looking at um, media that helps promote those sort of things. So the first episode that she did um, with another of our friends named Monica um, was an interview with the author of the book called Dear Rachel Maddow. So that book is a teen book that is about a young woman who, as a class assignment, has to write a letter to a famous person. So she chooses Rachel Maddow to write a letter to and then ends up writing all of these letters to her about the things that are going on at school. She identifies as queer and kind of how difficult that is. She's having trouble um, academically. And so... But and then she ends up wanting to run for school president because the one other candidate is this like super rich popular white kid and so she really wants to like speak up for her group of people that aren't really represented on the school board and and with those other people so it was really interesting to talk to listen to them talk to the author about you know the reasons that they that she wrote that book and and what her inspiration is and what she hoped that it would accomplish so that was another that's another project that's kind of ongoing um, that monica has spearheaded but also we are really interested in pursuing so um, as far as upcoming projects, Lee has a podcast called The Scarlet Yeti. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we're going to be launching that this summer because I've been a little busy. Um, but uh, yeah, so the name Scarlet Yeti was a joke between Becca and I as we were learning about podcasting because um, I the first microphone that I purchased was called a Yeti. Um, and then we would go to the library to try and use it. And so they have a little sound machine called a Scarlet. So we were saying, you know, trying to get the Scarlet in the 
the Yeti thing. And we're like, that sounds like a really bad radio show. So we're like, <laughs> Scarlet and the Yeti. So we decided to use that as a name for my podcast. And I didn't really have a theme like comics or horror or anything like that. I just wanted to talk about things that I was passionate about. Um, so we chose the name and um, we're just going to be discussing various things that... I'm interested in, um, and the people that I'm interviewing are going to be interested in. So I think our first episode is going to be SD and I talking about the 80th anniversary of Batman. Uh, Becca and I are going to be talking about Glow. Um, I have a future, couple future ones planned. I'm going to be doing one on the magicians, and going to be doing one on um, Doctor Who, and uh, possibly one on Twelve Monkeys if anybody else is watching that show. Excellent, um, but. You know, in addition to the things that we've talked about and the content we're already producing, there are so many things that we're not talking about. We're not talking about D&D or board games or music or books really specifically or even art that's coming out. And so we're really interested in finding more people that are interested in joining with us and talking about some of those things. Um, And so we just want to reiterate that our goal is to be a place that thinks about pop culture critically. You know, we talk about it and think about it through a mostly queer feminine perspective, but you know, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of great things that fall under that category. I don't know if you watch pop culture detective, um, those videos, but that's a male identified person doing those films uh, or those videos about toxic masculinity in pop culture and those are absolutely wonderful videos and so we want to make sure that we aren't limiting ourselves by saying you know only we can create this content because we have this niche we have this love of what we're doing and we also recognize that not everybody has the opportunity or the funds or the platform to create their own content and so we want to invite others into our platform so that we are giving people a place to share their their ideas um we are not all we don't all identify as female we're not all white but we we do have a more middle class perspective on a lot of things and so we want to make sure that we are recognizing that our opinions and our views may be just a little bit skewed and we want to hear from other people so we hear those other opinions and make sure we're not just looking at things in critically but through a very specific lens um we have a blog that really rarely gets updated (laughs) because i do all my writing on on other things we do have a youtube channel that of course monica created for video content that none of us have done yet (laughs) um and uh you know, we want to make sure that we are creating more regular content. And so um, if you have an idea and you want to pitch uh, that idea to us and you're interested in being a contributor, um, please check out our website, um, thefeminerdfiles.net. We have a contact us page there. We also have all of this information that we shared today. We'll be putting up these slides. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube. Um, We won't be able to pay you if you're interested (laughs) in contributing, but um, we, like we've said, we've had a really, really great time sharing this information. And it's been very rewarding to see the impact it has even if we don't, you know, have a huge listenership yet, just the ways that I think about 
uh, pop culture and the ways that I think about where where am I going to spend my money? What are the things I want to support? Yeah. Uh, even here at the con, you know, who are the artists and the authors that I'm going to support um, with my money and my time? And so it's been very successful in that regard. Do you want to speak to those yeah. things, please? Personally, I'm, I'm finishing up my PhD dissertation on the role of terrorism, so I don't have a lot of time to write. Um, and that's the benefit of the podcast, is you can just sit and talk with your friend about it. And it has helped my professional development as well, to be able to be more articulate, as the case may be, to think about the things that intersect with my own work. Um, so there, there is a space, even if you don't have a lot of time, I don't have a lot of time. And I would have guilt if I was writing a lot. But to go to the library for a few hours after watching a Netflix show, that's not a big time sink. And it has you know, a great professional benefit and a personal benefit for me as well. So even if you feel a little nervous about being recorded, I wouldn't worry about it. Because normal, you don't have to make a video of you, unless you want one, we'll put one up there for you. But it, it, it really is a, a kind of a safe space to explore those ideas, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've found it to be a very encouraging space. Um, I've gotten over some fears through it, um, public speaking, uh, <laughs> uh, things like that. But also um, through some of the artists and authors that we've met, um, they've given really great um, advice about things. I've always been an aspiring comic artist, but have never actually ever done anything with that because it terrifies me. Um, and so we had a great interview with R. Allen Brooks, and he gave me some really thoughtful advice um, that I couldn't let go. And um, because of him, I would say that I, I submitted my first comic, and I don't know whether it's going to go anywhere or not, but I would have never even bothered to try if, uh, if he had not really kind of instilled that in me. So. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for coming. Um, if do does anybody have any questions? That's fine if you don't. But like I said, if you want to contact us, you can go to our website. We have some stickers and some pins with that information on it, um, and we hope to be around. Um, you can also, give us your email and your tags right here too, if you like. Yes. With us that way. Yeah, that is absolutely a thing as well. But again, thank you so much. Enjoy the last few hours at the con. Get some sleep before, if you have to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, boo. But thank you so much for coming. You I have many skills. Super powers.